May God speak to you through today's message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. So glad that you're here today, and I also want to welcome our North Campus joining us by video feed. Glad you guys are with us as well. And today we kick off our brand new message series for Christmas called Gifts. And I don't know about you, but I remember when I was a kid, and it was, you know, the Christmas season was starting. I don't know what you were focused on, but I can tell you what I was focused on, presents. That's right. I mean, I mean, when I was a kid, I just, I mean, I just couldn't wait to open presents. And I did the very same thing that you did. Like, I would go under the tree, I'd look at those gifts, and I'd pick them up, and I'd shake them, and I'd listen to them, and I would kind of feel around on them to see if I could figure out, like, what it was. And I was trying to feel around on it, making sure, like, that elongated box was, more, was a board game, and, you know, not something dumb like a shirt, you know? Because, I mean, what kid wants that, right? But as an adult... At Christmas time, things have really changed for me. Like, I'm much more excited about the gifts that I'm giving than the gifts that I'm getting. Now, mom and dad, if you're listening to this, don't misunderstand. I still want presents, okay? But, but the truth is, as an adult, I'm much more excited about the gifts that I'm giving than the gifts that I'm giving. Because, because when I give a gift and it puts a smile on that person's face, that brings joy to my heart. It makes me excited. And I think about God. What does God think about gifts at Christmas? Because here's the thing, if we are created in his image, you know what that means? That means that God is excited about getting gifts just like we are, especially when we were kids. God's excited about receiving the gift of your heart, of your allegiance, of your obedience, of when you give to help someone else. That's as if you're giving something to God. God's also excited about giving gifts. And God has given us so much in this life. But there's one thing that God thinks about when it comes to gifts that we rarely do. God thinks about the gifts that he has already given. He thinks about the gifts that he's already given to you and to me. And in this series, we're going to focus on those gifts. Because here's the thing, when we forget about the gifts that God has already given us, are we not like the spoiled child who immediately after opening a gift puts it aside and says, okay, what's next for me? When we forget about the gifts that God has already given us, do we not cheat ourselves of the long-term enjoyment of the gifts that God's given? When we forget about the gifts that God has given us, do we not shortchange ourselves by ignoring the blessings that God has already given to us? When we forget about the gifts that God's already given, do we not stifle our own spiritual growth by not enjoying the victories that God has given us over the things in our past? And one of the key gifts that God has given to each one of us is our topic for today. It's the gift of second chances. And in probably the most overlooked piece of the Christmas story, 
is where we find this lesson ringing true. And in part of the biblical account of that very first Christmas, we find a man in desperate need of a second chance. I mean, he, he totally bombed his first chance to obey God, and so now he is in desperate need of a second chance. And God gives it to him. Just like our Heavenly Father gives us second chances. So let's read about what happens, and then we'll draw some points from it. So go ahead and pull out your message notes if you haven't done so already. The man's name is Zechariah, and he's a priest, and he's married to a gal named Elizabeth, who's the cousin of Mary, the soon-to-be mother of Jesus. Now, Zechariah and Elizabeth have no kids, and they're getting on in years, and they are now past childbearing age. So let's look what happens. It's in Luke chapter 1, beginning of verse 8. It says, once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. Okay, hold on. Let's pause right there for just a moment. Zechariah, a priest, I mean, you know, he's just offering incense to God. And then an angel materializes right in front of him, and Zechariah almost wets his tunic. I'm telling you, that's what happens. Uh, I mean, now we don't know how tall angels are. Some people estimate they're somewhere between 9 and 18 feet tall. But what we do know for sure is that every time in the Bible when an angel appears in their natural form, whoever they appear to, they are scared to death. And Zechariah is no exception. So, verse 13. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and, he, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. Now, hold, hold the phone right there. I mean, are you kidding me right now? I mean, here is an angel, this huge imposing figure that materializes right in front of you, Zechariah, and then you say, yeah, I'm not so sure you're a credible source. I think I'm going to need some proof. Are you serious? I mean, that's ridiculous. So here's what happens. Verse 19, the angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I, can, and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And I'm sure Zechariah's thinking, oh, great. I mean, this isn't just like some low-grade angel. This is Gabriel, the archangel. Awesome, because I've just ticked him off. So... 
verse 20, it says, and now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. Yeah. I mean, are you getting this? I mean, Zechariah, because, because he did not believe that God was finally answering his prayer, now was going to be unable to speak for the next nine months. And I know, for some of you ladies, that would be an answer to prayer, right? But look, here's the deal. Zechariah is in need of a second chance. A second chance to obey God. A second chance to show God that he really does believe. Because here's the thing, Elizabeth does become pregnant, and everything that Gabriel says comes to pass. And I wonder how many of us have found ourselves in need of a second chance from God. See, every time we don't obey God, we're in need of a second chance, just like Zechariah. But our Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, has already given us a second chance. Really, an infinite number of second chances. And so the question for us becomes, what does God want me to do when I'm in need of a second chance? Okay, here's your first feeling in the morning. Here's what God says. Number one, I need to take advantage of the second chances God gives me. I need to take advantage of the second chances God gives me. Look what happens with Zechariah in verse 57 of Luke 1. It says this. It says, when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. They said to her, um, there is no one among your relatives who has that name. And then they made signs to his father. Okay, now, sometimes we don't realize how funny the Bible really is, okay? They were making signs to Zechariah as if he was deaf. You're like, what are you going to name the baby? I'm sure Zechariah is like, you look stupid, because like I can hear everything you're saying, I just can't talk. Okay, so he's not deaf, and so it says, <laughs> so they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet. To everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed, and he began to speak, praising God. You see... God gave Zechariah a second chance to show that he believed God by naming the child, not after someone in the family, but by naming the child John. And this baby grew up as Jesus' cousin, who we know as John the Baptist, and he was used by God to prepare the way for Jesus, which is why we celebrate Christmas at all. So just like God gave Zechariah a second chance to obey him, God gives you second chances to obey him as well. God gives you second chances to tell the truth, 
to show your commitment to your husband or to your wife, to give to help people in need, to do a good job even when no one's looking, to confess to your boss or a classmate or your spouse something that you did that you know you shouldn't have done. God gives you second chances to honor him by putting down the bottle, by getting some counseling about that temper that you have, by trusting the people in your small group, by finally opening up and telling them what's really going on in your life. God gives you second chances to influence your grandkids because maybe you didn't take advantage of that when you were raising your own kids. I mean, look, everywhere you turn, God gives you second chances. So take advantage of them. Do things differently. I mean, look, it might mean you have to make some changes. It might mean you have to make some commitments. It might mean that you have to have some difficult conversations. But look, whatever you got to do, take advantage of the second chances that God has given you. Look, here's the thing. The only reason that you have an opportunity for a second chance at all is because God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to provide forgiveness for you. See, when Jesus died on the cross, his death provided forgiveness that you, and I, you so desperately need, and I, and I need it too. And see, and when you pray the prayer to become a Christ follower, you're asking God to forgive you for everything wrong that you've ever done in your past, but it's also forgiveness for everything that you will ever do in the future. You see, God has already given you the gift of a second chance. Really, an infinite number of second chances because of that forgiveness of everything you'll do in the future in Christ. So here's the deal. Take it! And now, it starts by becoming a Christ follower. Now, if you've never done that before, I mean, look, you've got to start there. There's a sample prayer of how to become a Christ follower at the very bottom of your message notes underneath the next steps. And I'm going to give you a chance to pray that prayer when we get to the end of this message. But look, if you've already prayed that prayer, then God gives you the opportunity to make past mistakes right. And when he gives you that opportunity, take advantage of it. See, God gave Zechariah the opportunity, and he took it. And here's the thing. You know, I wonder what would have happened to Zechariah if he had chosen not to obey God and didn't name the child John. I, I wonder if Zechariah would have been mute for his entire life. We'll never know, because when God gave Zechariah a chance, a, a, a second chance, he took it. So would you do the same? That whenever God gives you a second chance to make something right, would you make a commitment now that whenever that happens, you'll make it right? You'll obey You'll do whatever it is you should have done the first time. Would you make a commitment to be that kind of person? Okay, there's a second key component to this gift of a second chance, and that's this. Number two, I need to avoid consequences of not obeying the first time. I need to avoid consequences of not obeying the first time. Look what else happens. In verse 65, it says this. This is, you know, this is after the child is born. Verse 65 says, The neighbors were filled with awe, 
And throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. Now, follow me closely on this one, all right? The Bible says that everyone was filled with awe about who this child was going to become because clearly God was at work doing something awesome. And news spread all over the countryside. But get this, that news came nine months later than it should have. See, Zechariah, because he could not speak, he was extremely limited in his ability to tell people about his encounter with Gabriel, about the miracle pregnancy, about all of the things that God said were going to come true with this baby. And I wonder... During those nine months, how many people moved away or passed away or for whatever reason would have been there nine months earlier but were not there now and never got the chance to hear about God and what he did? I mean, what a missed opportunity. Not to mention that Zechariah for nine months wasn't able to speak to his wife wasn't able to speak to any of his extended family, wasn't able to speak to any of the priests at his job. I mean, nothing. He couldn't do anything. See, here's the hard truth. Even when God gives us second chances, that does not mean that our disobedience doesn't have consequences. Because it does. There are consequences. Sometimes they're pretty small, but sometimes they can be pretty big. But there are consequences nonetheless. So what the Lord is saying to you, he's saying, look, make a commitment to obey me the first time. That way you can avoid all of those consequences. Yes, you get second chances, but that's because my grace and my forgiveness are limitless. But if you would obey me the first time, you would be blown away by the scope of what I could accomplish through you. But we never think about that, do we? So would you be willing to be the kind of person that says, you know what, God, as much as I can, I am making a commitment to obey you the first time because I don't want to cheat myself or anyone else out of whatever opportunity that you're putting before me. Would you make a commitment right now to be that kind of a person, to obey God first before you do anything else? Make a commitment to be that kind of a person. All right. Number three. Here it is. Number three, I need, I need to offer second chances whenever I can. I need to offer second chances whenever I can. See, just like the Lord offered Zechariah a second chance, okay, just like the Lord has provided you an infinite number of second chances through Christ, would you be willing to offer other people a second chance when they need it? You know, when someone says something or does something hurtful to you, would you be willing to offer them a second chance to make it right and not hold a grudge? Now look, I'm not talking about abuse here, okay? There's nothing in the Bible that says that you need to offer abusers second chances to abuse you, all right? That, that's what I'm talking about, but you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when people gossip about you or when they lie 
or they betray you, or they stop being your friend, or they take advantage of you, would you be willing to be the kind of person that says, you know what, I'm not going to hold a grudge, and I'm going to offer them as many second chances as they need to make it right? And why would you do that? Look what the Bible says in Colossians 3.13. It says, be gentle and ready to forgive. Never hold grudges. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Wow. But the truth is it goes deeper than that. Because here's the thing. There are people all over the world that need a second chance in life. I think, about, I think about little kids who are born into poverty in villages all over the world, and they just need a chance to have an education. They just need a chance to have a nutritious meal, just one nutritious meal a day. They need a chance for someone to tell them about Jesus. I think of young boys and girls that live at Still Creek Ranch in Bryan, here in Texas, whose parents are in jail or they're on drugs, and those kids just simply have nowhere to go. Until Still Creek offers them an opportunity to live at the ranch and provide them education and clothes and um, role models, a second chance at life. I, I think about little girls and boys who have been kidnapped and sold into the sex trade. I'm talking about little girls, like six, seven, eight-year-old girls who so desperately need to be rescued out of a brothel where they're sold eight to ten times a day. Those little girls and little boys, they need desperately a second chance in life. And it's not because of anything they've done. It's because of what someone else has done to them. And here's the thing. If we can help these kinds of people, we should. And that's where our annual Christmas offering comes in. See, through this offering, we can help kids all over the world. We can help kids in Bryan. And we can help kids who are being trafficked right here in Houston. So let me tell you about the Christmas offering. Here it is. This year, our Christmas offering will help the following organizations. These are your fill-ins. First is World Vision. World Vision provides food, clothing, education, and the gospel to little children all over the world. Number two, Still Creek Ranch. Still Creek Ranch provides a school, role models, clothing, and a safe place to stay for teenagers whose parents cannot provide adequate care. And then third, Love 146. Love 146 is an organization that works to end human trafficking and exploitation through survivor care and prevention education. Now look, here's the deal. Our goal for the Christmas offering this year is $150,000. That's a big goal, and so it's a big fill-in. $150,000. Now look, last year our goal was $100,000. Our goal this year is 50% more. And look, and every single penny of that offering will go to these three organizations. Nothing, of, no part of that offering will stay here at Parkway Fellowship. But look, here's the deal. 
The Lord has given to you and to me so many second chances in life. And now he wants to give these kids a second chance too. And he wants to use you to help make that happen. So would you give to this important offering? Look, we're going to collect this offering through January 31st. So, you know, if you get like a year-end bonus and you want to give it to this offering, that would give you an opportunity to do that. But no matter what you do, would you give the gift of a second chance to people in this world who probably need it more than almost anyone else? Would you make a commitment to do that? So if you would be the kind of person that wants to take advantage of second chances. Find your connection card, and let's take some next steps together. Perhaps it's this first one. I commit to take advantage of the second chances God's given me by changing what is necessary to obey him. I'm talking about changing what's necessary about you. Would you be willing to change you so that you could obey him? Would you do that? Next, I will pray the prayer to become a Christ follower today for the first time in my life. I'm going to give you a chance to pray that prayer when we get to the very end, but if you've never prayed that prayer before, or if you're not sure you're a Christ follower and you'd like to pray that prayer today to make sure, then check that box because I'm going to mail you some stuff in the mail to help you get you started, but I'll give you a chance to pray that in just a second. Next, to avoid consequences, I commit to obey God the first time. Would you be that kind of a person? Next, I will forgive quickly and not hold grudges so I can offer others second chances. Would that be you? Next, I will pray and ask the Lord how much he wants me to give to the annual Christmas offering. I'm not asking you to give a specific amount. I'm asking you to pray and ask God how much he wants you to give. And then whatever he asks you to give, give it. So would you make a commitment to pray and say, okay, God, how much do you want me to give this offering? Because here's the thing, if every single person would give what God tells them to give, then every single person that God wants to help will be helped. And I think we will exceed a goal that's 50% bigger than last year's goal with no problem. So would you just pray and say, okay, God, how much do you want me to give? Last I will be here next week to hear Rob Morris, the CEO of Love 146, okay? Rob is coming here next week. I mean, I'm not really going to do hardly anything. I'm going to come up, I'm going to introduce him, and I'm going to let him take the stage because this guy is unbelievable. He will tell us all about Love 146 and what they're doing and the gift God gives to little boys and little girls through those that have been rescued and those that have never been trafficked because of their efforts of prevention. I'm telling you, it'll be amazing. Would you make a commitment to be here? And I'm telling you, invite somebody to come because they need to hear what's going on. It's unreal. I'm going to give you a chance right now to pray and ask God to help you follow through with the next steps you've taken. So right now, everybody, bow your head, close your eyes. And if you're ready to pray the prayer to become a Christ follower, this is the time to do it. So let's pray all silently right now for the next few moments.
Father. On behalf of everybody listening today, I want to say thank you for all the second chances that you've given each of us. We have needed them every single time. And so I ask that you would help us to take advantage of those, to make it right when we get the opportunity, just like Zechariah did. I pray that you would help us to offer that gift of second chances to those who need it, those people in our lives, as well as kids all over the world, that you would help us give them second chances through this offering. And that you would use all of this for your glory and purposes in the world. And bring us back next week so that we can hear what you want to say to us through Rob Morris. And ask you to do all of this in the wonderful, forgiving name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.